<laughs> Matthew chapter 19. Let's do it. <laughs> it's funny. We were just talking about, personally talking about masculinity, femininity. This one starts with, uh, I, uh, sorry, a story about divorce. Oh. Um, and it made me wonder like what marriage even is, but uh, Jesus is talking to, well, sorry, Pharisees come to Jesus and they test him asking if it's lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason. His response is like, haven't you read, uh, the creator made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, blah, blah. They're no longer two, but one flesh and they shouldn't separate. And then they try to catch him by saying, did Moses command, you know, what about Moses? And he commanded divorce to these different people. And he, and Jesus, anyway, Jesus ends up saying um, that, you know, if someone doesn't need to get married, they should accept that. Is that what I'm reading correctly? Not everyone can accept this word, but only those who, to whom it has been given there are people born this way. There are people who have been made this way, and there are those who choose. Some eunuchs there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what can you just unpack this whole thing? What you think the implications are? Okay, so they were trying to trap him because they wanted to see if he would break the law of Moses. Okay. So they about divorce, and and so they're really trying to get him to say, yeah, Moses was okay. Divorce is okay. There were two branches of the law that were going on there in the interpretation thereof. The Shammai, uh, that was one, the Hillel, okay? <laughs> and one said, a man could divorce his wife if she burnt the toast. Okay. Said, a man can only divorce his wife if she has an affair. Okay, that was under the law. And so Jesus is bringing all this into play, and he's trying to bring it into play in terms of that time. So he's like, look, and if you can accept this, accept it. You know, if you don't, if you don't have to get married, then don't get married. If you're like a eunuch that have your, you know, stuff cut off. Sometimes eunuchs are made by themselves. Sometimes eunuchs are made by other men. Sometimes eunuchs are made for the kingdom of God's sake. He's opening it up. He says, don't even get bogged down in it. What you are, be what you are, and take your eyes away from all of this and look to the kingdom. That's the best way for me to summarize that in the way that we just, that it's been brought up. Okay. So you don't think it's like necessarily that he's instructing one way or the other. It's no. just do what you need to do. He's like, if you can understand it, you know. Later, he'll say marriage is for this world, and the children of this world marry and are given in marriage. That means they're here and they need it, and they or they'll burn. That means they will have sex with everybody, or they'll be lonely. Or but if you want to be single, be single. Whatever. Paul Paul brings that same thing. Actually, Paul says it's better to be single. Yeah, I'm plagued by that. Well, he says that because it's the end is coming for them, and so he's telling the bride, if you don't have to sleep with each other. Just stay single because it's not going to, all the trouble is not going to be worth uh, having to balance a marriage with what is going to be heaped upon you as a believer. I mean, you know? do you think that that's like at all, a, like a useful idea now? 
if somebody is uh, inclined not to join in marriage and devote themselves to the things of God, sure. But there's, you know, we were made to be with another person and we were made to marry. And that goes all the way back to the beginning. But if Christ can fill the loneliness and he can be the partner for the man or the woman, you don't need to have another fleshly partner in life. But it's hard. It's it's really difficult. So, you know, what's a step of faith and look, keeping your eyes devoted to him? And that's really tough to do. Okay, so um, little children are then brought to Jesus. This is a short little moment. And um, they ask for prayer. And the disciples rebuke them for that. Yeah. Why would you say they did that to little children? I don't think little children were seen as uh, anything but the products of parents. And that they aren't ready to, to be taught by the master. And so, you know, keep him away. We, the master's speaking of philosophical things. And he's like, you don't get it. Yeah. And like saying the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So that was a, that was more of a statement than, than I'm reading. Yeah. I guess. It's a statement, not necessarily in age. It's a statement in heart. Mm. Humble. You're fearful. You, you rely on God. You rely on your parents to feed you. You look to mom and dad, and, and so a child will look to God, hands up, say, help me, help me, right? And it's the heart of a child he's talking about. Little children, not specifically, it's just the heart. Later on in John 14, he'll say to his 11 remaining apostles, little children. He calls them little children. This is right before he dies. That's how who he is to us. We are like little children. And these were adult male fishermen who were rough, but he mm. called them technon, little technion, little children. That's really cute. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So we get to this story of the rich man and the kingdom of God right after that. There's kind of a lot to it. It was a confusing conversation for me for a few reasons. Um, Okay, so the man asked what he can do to be good for eternal life. And Jesus says, why do you, sorry to rehash, but Jesus says, why do you ask this? There's only one that is good. And yeah, that's God. And there I would think he would say, based on what I know, he would say like, you can't be good, give up and just like follow him sort of. But he says, keep the commandments. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing that was confusing. Before you go to the second thing. Okay. The guy comes up and there's there's several ways to interpret that. But he says, good master. So Jesus says, okay, let's just call you out right now. And he says, why are you calling me good? There's none good but God. So are you saying I'm God or are you saying I'm not? What are you saying here? Because if there's none good but God and you're calling me good, are you saying that I'm God? Are you admitting that I'm God with us? Do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why do you ask me about what is good? Oh, I see. There's yeah. only one who is okay. Okay. Yeah. Why? So, because he's a man and his man was not God. I'm Jesus of Nazareth. What are you seeing in me that you can call me good? And he's calling him out, seeing if he goes, Well, I think you're God with us. And then he would say, Okay. But he doesn't. So keep going. 
Okay. So, well, then he says, keep the commandments and he yeah. lists the commandments. Keep the commandments, right? Well, he is taking a Jewish audience who has lived under the law, under the commandments, and found their righteousness through obedience to the law. And he says, oh, you want to please God? Keep the commandments. Okay, so keep going. But but I, that question is not clear to me. The answer, that answer or that question? The, sorry, the answer. Like, why wouldn't Jesus, isn't he getting rid of those commandments? There's only two commandments now to love. Like, why would he say that there? Because, because he's trying to get the Jewish mind to say before him, I can't keep the commandments. And then, so we, let's have an alternative, alternative universe conversation. He says back to Jesus, I can't keep the commandments. And Jesus says, then believe on the one who can. Okay. But he's working him through to understand his mindset. So he just automatically says to the Jew under the law, we'll keep the commandments. You want to be right with God. Does the conversation continue in this setting? Yeah. Okay. Well, just as a note, that makes sense. And it, it comes up later too. I took a note that like, I feel like Jesus like asks a question knowing that he could like, an whatever answer he gets, he can like, all the time to prove his point <laughs> he has the ball <laughs> and whatever the batter is able to hit he can throw a different thing at him yeah awesome. i keep thinking that there's like a formula to this like he knows that's your black and white way and that's okay that's how you're made but no 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 he's a gray area dude <laughs> you, really see that's the jews they were black and white it says, I do this, I do that. And he's like, oh, well, let me give you this one then. <laughs> Genius at it. It's really confusing. Yeah. It's confusing to them, and it's especially confusing now. But anyway, he's, he lists the commandments, don't murder, adultery, honor your father and mother, all this stuff. And then the guy says, all this I've kept. And oh, then no. So the guy comes back <laughs> Yeah. Okay. okay. First of all. He probably was able to materially keep most of those. How do you keep perfectly honoring your father and mother? That's a question. How do you perfectly keep uh, not coveting? Uh, really <laughs> coveting, the last one is tough. It's the curveball. You think you, okay, you haven't stole anything. You've never lied. Oh, okay. You've never done this. How about you've never looked and coveted? It's the curveball in the tin. Okay? <laughs> this goes through. He says, and the guy says, I've kept them all. And what happens? What do I still lack? Yes. And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, sell your possessions and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Which okay. it feels like that was my kind of third question is like, that seems just like an arbitrary thing that he threw out. Is this a rich man? Yeah. So the man was able, Jesus just gets to the taproot problem. Yeah. Oh, you've been faithful. You never stole. You never lied. Mom and dad, you've honored. Oh, okay. Well, what's left? Oh, just go sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. Now, do you know what that is? You know what that request is asking? How would Jesus say to you, Delaney, Delaney, if you really want to be right, I know you do all this good stuff. 
but just go sell all you have, give it to the poor, <laughs> and follow me. <laughs> What's lacking? And it's like he threw a curveball that was spinning and dancing. That guy was screwed in winning that <laughs> argument because there was no way possible he was going to be able to do that, right? Especially because he loved riches. And Jesus is able to show that he didn't follow the first commandment, which is love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And he convicted him right there without really even having to do much. So in like a roundabout way, he was saying just the two commandments, like love your father and love your neighbor. In a roundabout way, yeah. You sell all you have, give it to the poor and follow him. You've kept the two great commandments. But you can do that, especially someone who loves riches. So every individual, remember this, is a separate in thing with him, and he's working with them on their issue. Oh. Can't take it and say we should sell everything that we have and give it to the poor because though everything we have may not matter to us anyway. You see, so that's why these individual teachings are for specific people who have a have a problem in a certain area. But it's always with the intent to bring them back to their his two commandments, love God, love always, God. always love there, God and love neighbor. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. and he tells him to sell everything he has, give it to the poor, and follow him. Three things that are so intensely difficult. <laughs> and what does the man say? He gets sad when he <laughs> Because he had great wealth. <laughs> That's all it is. It's awesome. <laughs> like, damn. So, Austin tells him, this is what you need. He tells him, and he can't do it. <laughs> and Jesus says, it's harder for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for Campbell. That's where, like, that phrase, like, it just feels specific to him i know it it's like a general principle but it is specific to that guy like totally. it's I not this yeah it is such a good one because it's universally true our money solves our immediate problems it gives us peace it gives us everything of this world our money and so it's so easy for that thing the love of it to become our god and so he's just pointing that out. That's who your God is, you know, you know? Yeah. I'm realizing now that I didn't know the beginning of this story. I just knew that, you know, the harder to than the camel or whatever. <laughs> but I'm realizing now that money, like he, like you said, he was able to say he had followed all the commandments because of his money. I feel like that's yeah. what a lot of people do is like they think they're good because they're able to like afford to be good and it's yeah. like driving that good when you don't have the means to like pay someone to do it for you or something I never thought away the thing you rely on more than you rely on God what is that thing you rely on a lot of people it's other people their wisdom their friendship their and and it, God is like it's me you know Jesus it's me do not put anything between. Hmm. So you're right. Um, okay. So then the disciples say, 
who can be saved. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's <laughs> the law. When it's given by Jesus to you, you're like, I there's who can be saved. I'm dead here. Yeah. And with God, all things are possible is the answer. With man, it's not impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I would imagine if we could add this, it's not in the text, but we could just add this for our own benefit that Jesus was going with, with man, it's not possible, but with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. Me who doesn't live for the money. Look to me. who doesn't care about the fame. Look to me. Who's obeyed the law perfectly out of love. Look to me, place your faith on me, not on your works. You can't do it. Right? So that's really the ultimate lesson. Look at me and nothing else. Hmm. It it has never fully registered to me how important this is so stupid, but how important it is that Jesus is like poor. <laughs> and oh, yeah. poor. ugly. Yeah. Has nothing that men would desire of him. He's like a reed growing up out of a dry ground. That's what it says of him, you know? And so we look at that. That is the representation of masculinity and femininity in a man. And it's beautiful because that is what a real man is. He's a real man. These other guys are not real men. They have distorted views. He's the real deal. That's why I get so angry at depictions of Jesus that make him a strong carpenter like looking like a Greek Adonis, screw that. He yeah. was, he was a little Jew. We would have just like, yeah. hmm. a little lowly, poor, broken Jew without education, without looks, without money. Um, Peter in response to that says, we have left everything to follow you. What? Well, that Peter. will there be for us? <laughs> Peter is always balancing <laughs> me and you. <laughs> Jesus goes to wash his feet. Peter says, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, I have no part of you. He says, wash my whole body. <laughs> Peter is constantly jumping in and giving his view. And Jesus correcting <laughs> going to be on it and going back i love the guy and him so important to everything he did oh my gosh that's hilarious <laughs> oh man this response is heavy what he gives how long are we doing on time i wrote heavy explain that's that was my question wow uh just keep going this is my last question so what does peter say after that he says we've left all what does jesus say what will they jesus said truly i tell you at the renewal of all things when the son of man sits on his glorious throne you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Okay. 
He's absolutely talking to the Jews alone and to the renewal of all things, which will be when all that's washed away. Mm -hmm. the, the temple, the destruction is coming, okay? But at the renewal with a new heaven and a new earth, he tells Peter, you'll be sitting on one of the thrones that will judge the 12 tribes of Israel that were established back in the Old Testament. This is strictly Jew. This is to them then. And he's telling his apostles, you'll sit on 12 thrones, right? Or 11 thrones, 12 really with Paul. So that was his promise. And he says, and if you lose children or house or wives or mansions or this, you'll get a hundredfold coming. Okay. And, and so a lot of people use that today. And the way we would use it today is that if you lose mom and dad or husband or wife or children because of your devotion to Christ, you'll be given a hundredfold when it's when you come into the body family of God. You'll get many mothers. You'll get many fathers. You'll get many children. It will be this. There's no more division and fighting. It will be this unity that will exist. And that's the way I think you can interpret it today. Okay. So, but he's trying to talk to Peter specifically about what that apostle called by Jesus would receive in the new kingdom when it was established. Okay, sorry to be dense, but is that still the condition? Well, it's the condition spiritually. It's not the condition materially, because material stuff is all done. So what that means is if you care more about the opinion of your parents, if you care more about the welfare of your children than you do God himself, you're not worthy of his kingdom. And why is that? It's because when you put God first in your life, you will treat husband, wife, and children better, mom and dad, better. And he knows that about us. So people say, I'm just about my family. I'm about my family. That's a misappropriation of how God wants you to relate to them perfectly. And that's why he says that. It's not because he wants families to break up and he wants people to be disrespectful to parents and children. It's the order he's giving. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? It does. Yeah. Thank you. We're done. We're done with this one. This has been fun, this thing called Zoom. <laughs> Very fun. We'll get it done. Do we end it now? Yeah, goodbye.